this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. If you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to, uh, to grab that, please, and turn to the book of Acts. We have just begun a new series in the book of Acts. Uh, if you're with us for the first time this morning or the first time in a little while, then you've uh, arrived right at the beginning of our new series. And uh, we're still in Acts chapter 1. So if you want to turn there or scroll there or whatever, whatever you're doing, I'm still getting used to my new Bible. Everything's in different places. But I've found Acts, it's all good. Have you ever found that when you had a Bible for years and then mine just fell apart? So I had to buy a new one. And it's all in different places and it's not on the same bit of the page. And Oh dear, the stress. But I'm all right, I found Acts 1. It's all good. It's all good. So, verse 12, Acts chapter 1. Verse 12, and for those of you who have been saying, oh, you've gone for the large print version now, not the case, all right? I know what you were thinking. Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, Akadelma, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and a lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you, uh, Lord, that it is living and active and you speak through it. 
And so we pray right now, God, that you would speak to us from your word, this passage we have read. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and be our teacher this morning? We pray, give us ears to hear, ears to hear all that you have for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you might want to keep your, your Bible open there. We're going to uh, refer to some verses uh, as we go through. So in the, in the first part of chapter 1, uh, we've got the so introduction to the book, and uh, we've got Jesus returning to heaven, the, the ascension. And then in Acts chapter 2, you've got the Holy Spirit coming at the day of Pentecost. I think this passage that we've read is often overlooked in the narrative of Acts. It's not the most exciting bit, and we tend to jump from right at the beginning into Acts chapter 2 quite quickly. And sometimes we can skip over these verses. I think, oh, is it, is it that relevant really? Is it, is it really you know, right, right now for us? But listen, all of Scripture is God-breathed. All of it is useful for teaching and rebuking, for training in righteousness. So God has something for us in these verses. And uh, I've been quite struck as I've been reading and thinking and praying through these recently. I wondered to start with as I was reading it through, thinking, I wonder how the disciples felt in these moments. Now, after Jesus had been taken from them. In fact, if you think about the uh, events of the previous few weeks, the last two or three months before this time, think about what they've gone through. You know, they've seen Jesus crucified. They've seen him die a painful death on a cross. They've seen him rise again. They've seen him with them for a, a period of several weeks. He appeared to, to numbers of them, groups of them sometimes. And then they've seen him go back to heaven. I mean, what a roller coaster of a few weeks. They've been through a lot, haven't they? If you think about it, what a roller coaster of emotions they must have been thinking. I wonder what they would have been feeling. And it's interesting to think, what was their default thing to do? Now, after a roller coaster few weeks and ups and downs of emotions, all that they've gone through, what do they do? Well, they gather together. They meet together. And they join constantly in prayer. That's their default, isn't it? It's been a roller coaster few weeks. Let's gather together and pray. I wonder, even before we get into the rest of the passage, I wonder what our default is. In times of challenge or difficulty, in times of pressure, what is our default thing to do? What's your default thing to do? Is it to gather with your brothers and sisters in Christ and to pray and to seek God together? Or is it to shut yourself away and hide and try and process it all on your own? 
I think it's fascinating that their default thing to do is like, we're going to meet together and we're going to pray and seek God. Friends, we can learn so much, can't we, even from, even from those few words. To gather together and to pray. Not to sit and lock ourselves away in, in worry and, and trying to work it all out, but rather to meet with one another and seek God. So important, isn't it? I think so often times of pressure and testing, of challenge and difficulty, we can withdraw and lock ourselves away and think, I'm just going to, you know, don't want to do it with anybody. That's not what they're doing, is it? It's like they've gone through the most challenging few weeks that you can imagine. And their default is still to gather together and to pray. And they prayed. And they prayed and they, they sought God. And in Acts chapter 2, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks' time, we'll see um, what happens. But before that, they realized that Judas had fallen away. He had betrayed Jesus, had subsequently committed suicide, and now they feel that his place needs replacing so that once again there can be 12 apostles. And they wanted somebody who was a witness of the resurrection, who had been with Jesus the entire time, and they proposed two men. Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. So they've got these two guys that they propose. They, they believe strongly that Jesus has already chosen one of them. Because they, what they wanted to do is to, to find out what God's will is. They believe that Jesus has chosen which one should take the place of Judas and their job is to discern who that is. And so what they do, they propose these two, nominate these two, they pray and then cast lots. You might be thinking, well, that's a strange way of choosing somebody. When was the last time you cast lots to make that sort of decision? Anybody been doing that this week? Any you know, lot casting going on? It's not on our radar, is it? It's not the way we tend to make decisions. But it was common practice in Old Testament times. It wasn't just a, hey, we'll throw the dice and see which way it goes. They believed that God was in this and that he would guide them through it. And in Old Testament times, it was not an unusual way to discern the will of the Lord. Now, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. And in that, everything changes because now, from Acts 2 onwards, as the Holy Spirit is poured out to every believer, to, uh, to all, actually, we can all discern God's will. We can hear from him direct. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, leads us into all truth. We don't need to be casting lots anymore to find out what God wants us to do. But we haven't got to Acts chapter 2 yet. We're still in Acts chapter 1. And so they revert back to all they know. Well, how are we going to find out what God's will is? Well, we'll go for the, the lot casting option. And so that's what they do. 
They pray, they seek God, they nominate these two guys, and then they cast lots to see who it is that God has already chosen. They're just trying to discern his will. And so you can see, if you've got your your Bible still open there, they cast lots and a lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. And you might think, well, that's great for Matthias. So he's done well, isn't he? God has chosen him. He's been with the disciples right throughout Jesus' ministry. And uh, now he's been added to the 11 to make them 12 once again. But friends, it's not Matthias that I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about the other guy. I've been thinking about Barsabbas and wondering how would it have been for him? How would it have been for Barsabbas? It it feels like to me that here was a guy that missed out twice. We're told in Scripture here that as they uh, looked for another apostle, they sought God on this, they needed to find somebody that had been with them right throughout Jesus' earthly ministry. Right from, um, it, it tells us here, doesn't it? It's necessary to choose one of these men who have been living amongst us, beginning from John's baptism, right the way to when Jesus was taken up from us. So they needed to find somebody who'd been around for the whole time. And that's where they get these two, two guys from. So he would have been around first time when Jesus tro- chose the twelve. He would have been in that group. He would have been you know, part of the, the extended group that would have been following Jesus. Some commentators suggest that he would have been part of the 72 that, that Jesus sent out. So first time around... When Jesus chooses the twelve, he's not picked. He's not chosen. But isn't it interesting that even though, first time round, he's not chosen, he's not picked, but still he remains with them. And a few years later, when they're looking for another apostle to be added to the 11, he is of such character and godliness and has been with them right throughout the period of time that they can say, well, it could be him. It could be him. Maybe it's who the Lord has chosen. And so he finds himself Matthias and Barsabbas, they, find, they both find themselves in a position of, it could be either of us now. And for Matthias, the lot falls to him, and he's chosen, and he's added to the eleven. But for Barsabbas, it's another no. It's, no, that's not what God has for him. I wondered how he would feel. 
I wonder what would his emotions been. You know, he's been around now for a number of years with, with the other disciples, following Jesus, staying faithful, wasn't chosen first time round, was nearly chosen second time round, but it ended up as a no. How would he have felt? How would you have felt if it had been you in that position? And friends, I think this leads us on to the subject of how you remain faithful to what God has called you to. How do you remain faithful to what God has called you to? Because the reality is, in situations like this, as they were looking for one more person to be added to the 11, to make it up to 12 uh, apostles once again, not everyone got chosen. Not everyone got picked. And that still applies, doesn't it? I can remember, in fact, I'm going to borrow a couple of people, Elliot and Adam. Let's borrow you guys. Come up here for me, please. Does this scenario remind you of being at school? There are PE lessons... And the two most brilliant sportsmen in your class are chosen. These are the... We got this wrong, didn't we? (laughs) Imagine, imagine that these are the two most brilliant sportsmen in the class. Elliot, if you'd like to come over this side, my friends. And um, Adam, you can can stay there. (laughs) Does this bring back any memories? And so there you are. In the class, the two most brilliant sportsmen have been chosen and now it is their job to pick a team. Bring back any memories? <laughs> and so it starts, doesn't it? So these are the best two. These are the, you know, the top two sportsmen of your class. And you know whoever's going to go first, let's say Elliot goes first, he chooses the very best person that isn't quite captain material but nearly there is just about nearly as good as him and he chooses Steve so Steve come on up come on up join join his team join his team you know so there you are you're not quite the captain material but such an excellent sportsman that he's keen to get him on his team and and Adam goes next and Adam goes I'm having Lucy on my team, and she goes straight up. Come on. And Elliot goes, boy, am I going to get in trouble later. But you know how it works out, don't you? You you can imagine what happens, but we're not going to go through it all. (laughs) You know, I remember PE lessons, and I remember where the whole of my class now virtually is up that end of the room, has been chosen for one scene or the other. And there's three people left, me and two others. And what happens is the other two are chosen. It gets to the point where, well, I guess I'll have so-and-so. And, you know, oh, well, I'll have and then there's one left, isn't there? That used to be me in PE lessons. And I tended to get the... Well, why don't you be ref? 
because that doesn't require a lot of skill, so it, so, so it seems. But I'm sure you can imagine, can't you? There are moments for all of us, not just in school PE lessons, where we don't get picked, where it isn't us, it's someone else. And this is what happened to Barsabbas. Thank you all. You can return to your seats, you fine sporting elite of Jubilee. Fantastic. But you see, in life, not everyone gets picked. Not everyone gets the top job. Not everyone gets the high profile. Not everyone gets publicly recognised for what they do. How do you cope with that? How do you keep going? How do you remain faithful? We'll look at it in a moment. But it's not just about being picked or not, is it? It's, it's sometimes life just doesn't work out how you hoped it would. You know, you might have had a plan, but the plan didn't quite come together. Maybe you didn't get the promotion that you wanted and all your friends seem to be sailing ahead in their career and it hasn't quite worked out for you. Maybe your last relationship didn't go so well and now all your friends are getting married and it doesn't seem to be happening for you. Sometimes it's not just that you're overlooked. It's that life hasn't worked out as you hoped. Be it a relationship or a baby, a family, be it a job or a location, whatever it might be for you, Maybe life hasn't quite worked out as you hoped. The question is the same. How do you remain faithful in that? How do you keep going even when life doesn't make sense? How do you keep going? How do you remain faithful if you don't get picked? What are some lessons that, that we can learn? What are some lessons that we can learn, perhaps from Barsabbas, Number one, keep your heart right before God. Keep your heart right before God. So your relationship with God is the most important thing in your life. Everything else flows from it. So in the midst of pressure or fame or obscurity or rejection, whatever it might be that's going on for you, this is the one solid, secure anchor. Your relationship, your heart before God. Keep your heart right before him. Jesus said in Mark 12, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength everything you've got. Love him with it. Number two. Number two, know who you're serving. Know who you're serving or, or living for. 
Mike Pilavachi wrote a book about worship called For the Audience of One. That's a great title. And it's a great title because it reminds us that everything we do actually is about having an audience of one. It's about what God sees. So helpful, isn't it? So often we can be tempted to try and act just to please other people and try and second guess what they want us to do. They, oh, I must do that because they want this and that somebody else wants the other. And you just end up tying yourself in knots. I'm not saying we shouldn't be aware of what other people feel. Please hear what I'm please don't hear what I'm not saying. Actually, we live for an audience of of one, of him. Because he sees everything. And actually, it's God's approval that we're after. It's his well done we should live for. That's what really matters. So that's living for, know who you're serving, know who you're living for. Number three, it's not really about you. It's not really about you. It really isn't. Actually, it's about God and his kingdom. It's about the glory of the Lord covering the earth. That's what we read about in Scripture. But it's actually about him and his glory and his plan and his kingdom. It's actually not about you or me. It's actually all about him. Number four, in God's kingdom, if you feel that you've been overlooked, passed over, or ignored, the very best thing you can do is to continue to serve. Continue to serve. Continue to work hard, trusting that God will sort it out in the end. Don't get bitter. Don't get resentful. Just serve. And let God worry about it. Number five, remember you don't always know who you influence. You don't always know who you influence. This happened to me a a few years ago. Someone got in touch with me out, out of the blue who was significantly impacted by a project I had been involved in helping to lead some 20 years ago. You know, I didn't know at the time whether it had done anybody any good. But those of us who were involved served faithfully to the best of our ability, did what we felt God was calling us to do, and trusted God with the results. 20 years later, I get a message saying, just want to thank you for that. That was so impactful on my, on my Christian life. I never knew. I wonder, what have you done that, actually, you don't know what impact it's had. You don't know what it's done. You don't know who it's spoken to. Maybe this side of heaven, you'll never know. Maybe when you get there, you'll find out. Maybe on that day, You'll be like, and you're here? They're like, yeah, because of something you did or said or served or loved. Remember, you don't know who you influence. And then lastly, keep trusting God. 
If you're in a position of, uh, of, of like our friend here by Sabbath, or maybe just life hasn't quite made sense or worked out as you hoped for, keep trusting God. Keep on keeping on. In the book of Habakkuk, you have the prophet moaning at God and God responding. Twice, in fact. And then Habakkuk prays. And towards the end of his prayer in Habakkuk 3, he says this, verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. What a prayer. I wonder, friends, can you, like Habakkuk, say, I will be joyful. Though the fig tree does not bud, though there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails, the fields don't produce food, there's no sheep or cattle where they should be, yet still I will rejoice in the Lord's. I will be joyful in God my Saviour, he says. I wonder, friends, for you, what is your though? It's probably not a fig tree. I suspect it's not sheep or cattle. What is it for you? Though, though, yet I will still rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. Friends, that's where you find peace. That's where you find peace. To keep trusting him. Staying close to him, whatever your circumstances, to keep trusting him because he is faithful. He is good. He really is. He really is. And so if you feel that you've been overlooked or forgotten, hang in there. Keep trusting. Keep serving. Keep loving. And if life isn't really making sense right now, hang in there. Keep trusting. Keep loving. Stay close to the Lord. We don't really know much of what happened to Matthias or Barsabbas. Some commentators suggest we see um, Barsabbas sometime later in the book of Acts being uh, sent off to, to minister to some churches and uh, it seemingly being in a position of leadership. Don't know if that's definitely him or not. Could be. If it is, it seems to suggest that he stayed faithful. He stayed loving Jesus. He stayed serving, doing what the Lord gave him to do, whatever he put his hand to. 
And God used him and blessed him. I wonder how God will use you. How he will turn situations and circumstances around. How he will work in your life through them as you stay close to him and keep trusting and keep loving. Let's pray together. If the band can come up, please. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us. And we thank you for the example of, of Matthias and Barsabbas who weren't chosen, weren't picked, yet stayed faithful, stayed serving and stayed loving you. And even sometime later, second time around, if you like, Barsabbas isn't picked then, but again, it, we seem to read in Scripture that, again, he stays faithful stays true to what you've called him to do and stays loving you with a good heart. And so we pray for each of us this morning, no matter what our situations or circumstances, that God, we would stay close to you and that God, you would speak to our hearts, you would encourage us, you'd remind us of your goodness and your kindness and love and that we would stay faithful to you, stay close, stay serving and stay committed to all that you have. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.